Welcome back, Hemming Brainiacs, to the podcast talking about John Gay. The poem is called Song, Oh, Radia Than the Cherry, Oh, Sweeter Than the Berry. Uh, John Gay, says Swimson, the moment fish, is an English poet, was an English poet, and dramatist, chiefly remembered as the author of The Beggar's Opera, a work distinguished by good-humoured satire and technical assurance. In 1713, his first important poem, Rural Sports, appeared. This is a descriptive and didactic didactic work in two short books dealing with hunting and fishing that contained also descriptions of countryside and meditations on the Horatian theme of retirement. Um, Okay, he was buried in Westminster Abbey next to the poet Geoffrey Chaucer. And his epitaph was written by Alexander Pope. Very interesting. Um, our included poem is from Achis and Galatea, a musical by George Friedrich Handel, with an English text by John Gay. Uh, this piece was the pinnacle of pastoral opera in England. Indeed, several writers, such as musicologist Stanley Sadie, Consider it the greatest pastoral opera ever composed, as is typical of the genre. Achis and Galatea was written as a courtly entertainment, but the simplicity of rural life, and it contains a significant amount of wit and self-parody. All right. So, it looks like this gentleman, uh, John Gay, rolled in uh, pretty influential circles by the sounds of things, and was quite successful in those circles. We've got one more poet to get through before we start our next book. As you know, we're taking a pause in the middle of the poets, and we're going to be reading far away and long ago, starting in one day. So, I guess that brings us to our last poet, Alexander Pope, born 1688, Died 1744. Alexander Pope is where we are going to put a pin in our poetry and return to it once we finish reading far away and long ago. So, the first poem, there's three by Alexander Pope. It's called On a Certain Lady at Court. I know a thing that's most uncommon, envy, be silent and attend. I know a reasonable woman, handsome and witty, yet a friend. Not warped by passion, awed by rumour, not grave through pride, nor gay through folly. An equal mixture of good humour and sensible soft melancholy. Has she no faults? Then, Envy says, sir, yes, she has one, I must aver. When all the world conspires to praise her, the woman's deaf and does not hear. Second poem is called Allergy Allergy to the Memory of an Unfortunate Lady. Just one second, please. Okay, goes like this. What beckoning ghost along the moonlight shade invites my steps and points to yonder glade? Tis she, but why the bleeding bosom gored? Why dimly gleams the visionary sword? Oh, ever beauteous, ever friendly tell, is it in heaven a crime to love too well, to bear too tender or too firm a heart, to act a lover's or a Roman's part? Is there no bright reversion in the sky for those who... (coughs) Excuse me. 
for those who greatly think or bravely die. Why bade ye else, ye powers, her soul aspire, Above the vulgar flight of low desire, Ambition first sprung from your blessed abodes, The glorious fault of angels and of gods, Thence to their images on earth it flows, And in the breast of kings and heroes glows. Most souls, tis true, but peep out once an age, Dull, sullen prisoners in the body's cage, Dim lights of life that burn a length of years, Useless, unseen as lamps in sepulchres, Like eastern kings, a lazy state they keep, And close confined to their own palace asleep. From these, perhaps, ere nature bade her die, Fate snatched her early to the pitying sky, As into air the purer spirits flow, And separate from the kindred dregs below, So flew the soul to its congenial place, Nor left one virtue to redeem her race. But thou, false guardian of a charge too good, Thou mean deserter of thy brother's blood, See on these ruby lips the trembling breath, these cheeks now fading at the blast of death. Cold is that breast which warmed the world before, and those love-darting eyes must roll no more. Thus, if eternal justice rules the ball, thus shall your wives and thus your children fall. On all the line a sudden vengeance waits, and frequent hearses shall besiege your gates. There passengers shall stand and pointing say, while the long funerals blacken all the way. Lo, these were thy whose souls the furies steeled, furies? Steeled, and cursed with hearts unknowing how to yield. Thus unlamented pass the proud away, the gaze of fools and pageant of a day. So perish all whose breast never learned to glow, for others' good or melted others' woe. What can atone, O oh, ever endured shade, thy fate unpitied and thy rights unpaid? No friend's complaint, no kind domestic tear, pleased thy pale ghost or graced thy mournful bier. My, by foreign hands thy dying eyes were closed, by foreign hands thy decent limbs composed. By foreign hands thy humble grave adorned by strangers honoured and by strangers mourned. What though no friends in sable weeds appear, grieve for an hour perhaps, then mourn a year, and bear about the mockery of woe to midnight dances and the public show. What though no weeping loves thy ashes grace, nor polished marble emulate thy face? What though no scared earth allow thee room, nor harrowed dirge be muttered over thy tomb? Yet shall thy grave with rising flowers be dressed, And the green turf lie lightly on thy breast. There shall the morn her earliest tears bestow, There the first roses of the year shall blow, While angels with their silver wings overshade, The ground now sacred by the relics made, So peaceful rests without a stone a name, What once had beauty, titles, wealth, and fame. How loved, how honoured once avails thee not, To whom relate, related, or by whom begot. A heap of dust alone remains of thee, Tis all thou art, and all the proud shall be. Poets themselves must fall like those they sung, Deaf they pr the praised ear, and mute the tuneful tongue. Even he whose soul now melts in mournful lays Shall shortly want the generous tear he pays. 
Then from his closing eyes thy form shall part, and the last pang shall tear thee, tear thee from his heart. Life's idle business at one gasp be over, the muse forgot, and thou beloved no more. Alright. Allergy to the memory of an unfortunate lady. Very good. Last poem. Bit of a shorter one. The dying Christian to his soul. Vital spark of heavenly flame. Quit, oh quit this mortal frame. Trembling, hoping, lingering, flying. Oh, the pain, the bliss of dying. Cease, fond nature. Cease thy strife. And let me languish into life. Hark, they whisper. Angels say, sister, spirit, come away. What is this? Absorbs me quite. Steals my senses. Shuts my sight. Drowns my spirits. Draws my breath. Tell me, my soul, can this be death? The world recedes, it disappears, heaven opens on my eyes, my ears, with sounds seraphic, seraphic, ring, lend, lend your wings, I mount, I fly, O grave, where is thy victory, O death, where is thy sting? Beautiful, all right. Alexander Pope, you know, one of the few poets that I've heard of, right? Like, of all the poets we've been through so far, a couple of hundred, I think, I probably know by name 10, (laughs) if that, you know, 10-ish, maybe more. But for the most part, I don't know them, never heard of them. And I've heard of Alexander Pope. I wouldn't be able to tell you any of of his poems wasn't familiar with them but all that is to say like you you can immediately see oh yep that's why i've heard the name like they're just markedly better poems than the rest i think like it's it's apparent immediately that this poet is a league above most of the other poets that we've read so far cool um would you agree um and yeah we'll wrap up poems tomorrow and then we'll start reading a novel i'm excited okay folks see you tomorrow